Good evening, good evening, good evening. Guys, welcome to Crypto and Cognac Podcast. My name is Illuminati, and I'm happy to have you guys with me today. Um, today, we're going to be talking about building in crypto. Um, as always, I just want to remind you guys that nothing that we share here is to be taken as financial advice. Everything is about information, education, and conversation. Yeah. Tonight's guest, we have Mr. Mark Pereira, who is the co-founder of Z Labs and Wam Now. So I'm very excited to have Mark on tonight. Tonight, I am drinking, as usual, cognac. But tonight, I'm having some Hennessy BS, which for those who know me, Hennessy BS is my favorite cognac. And it's actually one of the most popular cognacs in the world. Um, made very, very much popular by um, urban culture in the United States. Hennessy is actually distributed in Trinidad and Tobago by A.S. Bryden. And if you guys are looking for it, make sure and check out the Naughty Grape, which is you know, one of my favorite places to get my alcohol. So even if it's not cognac, um, feel free to check out the Naughty Grape. Tell them Illuminati sent you. You might get a little something off. Yeah. So um, we're going to bring on Mark in 2.2 seconds. Let me just make sure he is. A Guys, make sure to send your questions, your comments. Mark. What's up, buddy? Hi there. Am I good? Yeah, hearing you loud and clear, man. Welcome. Welcome to Crypto and Cognac. How are you doing? I good, man. I good. All right. So before we jump into it, I just want to wish you happy belated birthday. Nice. Welcome. Welcome to the club. The dirty thirties. <laughs> yeah, put out there for them like that. <laughs> Listen, when you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of women sliding in your DM later. Because women love love guys in their thirties. They say it's our best year. You know, that, they like that they like that vintage. That, yeah, my um like I think my girlfriend runs my um runs my Instagram. So. <laughs> well, it's a good thing for you, not so good for the young ladies who sliding in. For sure. So Mark, um let's jump right in. Tell the people a little bit about yourself. Tell them a little bit about Z Labs. Tell them a little bit about Wham Now. I mean, I love that name. I love that name. So, I mean, I particularly want to hear a little bit about that, about Wham. Yeah. So, after I hear your thoughts on the name as well. Um, um, yeah, to go right back, boy. I don't know how deep I am in this, honey, to make sense. But like, <laughs> cheers, boy. This is... Cheers, um, cheers. I'll cheers. I was telling Illuminati, it's the first time I'm actually like sitting down and a rum man usually, but doing with any. Like yeah. I'm bringing any strong like thrust out there. Yeah, I mean, as as I was telling, I was as I was telling um, Jarian last week, you know, Henny cognac in general is truth serum. So you know that's what we're looking to get. We're looking to get the truth. Um, we're looking to demystify this crypto thing and we want it as honest as it can be. So 
Eman. Um, so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just say what I what I do really, um, and a little bit on how I got into the industry. So I was a software developer. Uh, did my training in Sydney, Australia. That's why I went to university. That's why I chose my tertiary education. And uh, kind of with the underlying narrative that I wanted to stick to, which was reverse break, go away, learn as much as I can, and come back. And during the time there, I was studying robotic engineering. And uh, I actually failed my first programming course. And uh, I was feeling super defeated. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I, I also felt like the university system was a big kind of like, I'm just a number, and they're trying to cheer me through the system. Right. Um, so I was getting that care. Went to a course, really motivated. Went to a course to learn how to program, and it was a boot camp. I attended this boot camp, read from me, went and did that for six months. Um, and I, you know, I would say I wasn't, I was studying robotics, but that's because I wanted to be a robotics engineer because I was a, when I was young, I was super into programming or anything. Um, that's what I went to at school. And then I did this bootcamp course, and that's actually where I became a programmer. Um, after six months, really, like just putting my bang in my head against a keyboard, being around people who are motivated me. That's one of the key points of being around people who motivate you. Right. And, you know, after that six month course, I got a job, didn't go back to university, and uh, started working in the industry. Worked for two development agencies. One was the Aboriginal Development Agency in Australia, the other one was for one of the guys who actually taught me how to code. And um, then I did a blockchain hackathon, and that's. <laughs> That's where it all went downhill from there. <laughs> I went down the rabbit hole. Um, actually, I, I entered a project into the hackathon. I came second. And when I walked off stage, there was a Chinese guy in the audience who just, he literally just landed and saw my presentation. And he was like, I just want to give you 10 Ethereum. And I was like, I don't know if I want to sell my idea or anything. You know, I, I, all this hype and people are like cheering. And, and I came off stage. And he had this offer for me, and I was like, no, nah, I don't want to sell it or anything. So I just kind of walked off. And then, I, and then his friend, who's a professor at the university, came around to me and said, no, this guy just wants to give you Ethereum for your idea. See it come through. And I was like, what? what's going on in this industry? <laughs> it was like November 2007. I mm -hmm. uh, Like I was looking at my phone, right? What's... What's going on here? Is this how is this price is increasing? Like, is this is this what happens generally in the innovative industry? Um, and I ended up getting, I think, around like, from that particular, um, I guess you could call it drop that, that he gave me, what eighteen thousand Australian dollars. I sold off some, bought myself a MacBook computer, started my own software development agency, and uh, then. From there, just started the uphill battle of managing clients, building out software at the same time. And then, yeah, joined another company called Lorem. And they were building out a UX layer 
on the blockchain. Um, after Tensorum, I kind of found my, that really introduced me to the global crypto ecosystem because we went right. all over, right? Like with Tensorum, we went to uh, Big Up Daniel Bar as well and Morris Neto and Tom Torado, who just joined, who was also with me in Tensorum. Um, Wait, uh, what, 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 what type of project was Tensorum? Tensorum was really like an onboarding solution because that still is to this day a really massive uh, problem. And we were trying to build out a protocol that allowed users to build it into their applications or their apps um, to easily to kind of approach a crypto wallet or a crypto product and have it feel you know, approachable and very similar to how it is interacting with a regular um, internet website. You, you call it Web2. Like Web2 right. is regular internet. You hear that yeah. a lot. And then Web3 is you like... Yeah, for, for, those, for, those, for those listening who may not have been with us last week, onboarding is basically just, you know, moving resources from the traditional uh, fiat ecosystem traditional banking ecosystem into the crypto ecosystem so that's what where he is referring to as onboarding so yeah go ahead mark sorry about that yeah no even just in general like logging on password that as well as an onboarding journey too so um just how do you get people on into your product right. and that's what tensorum was really on. so there's a lot of like plumbing behind scenes stuff to make the front end as simple as possible right. in products generally the front end if it's simple generally that's because they're doing a, a good bit of complex stuff in the back end um and then you had to cut it short in like i started off um from tensorum i then just went full on into zed um right. and started uh, our crypto so what was that? Uh, you, you, you drop, you drop, you drop for a second. There was the name of the crypto wallet. Alice. Okay. Yeah. Alice, Alice. Dapp. Alice. Yeah. Alice Dapp. Browser. Yeah, we're not on Android. So, um, you know, we're not fully supporting our project as well, like now, and and we're now kind of getting back. But um, yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, my phone and yeah. Um, yeah. and then after Alice, Alice was a massive, massive growth journey for me. Like first time startup founder in the crypto industry, you know, kind of rubbing shoulders with these insanely smart people. You know, you think you talk about imposter syndrome <laughs> in like regular, in the regular sense of building out you know any app or business, but in the, in the crypto scene. There's like, you just meet insanely intelligent people who could just ask one question and have you thinking about your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. good, you know? And um, yeah, so Alice was a massive growth journey for me and, and helped me learn a lot about the ecosystem through value. When you're building products for developers, well as users, someone does use it. So we got um, we got grants from Binance. Nice. Binance. 
Yeah, worked with some awesome companies like Dapper Labs along the way. We came third in one of their hackathons. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, then kind of like just before the pandemic, we, we saw this stuff coming. We we're trying to raise some funds. And also, I just got kind of disillusioned with Alice because it's a product built for the super financially and technologically savvy people. And, uh, when you're building for those people who aren't like, I, I see, I see a lot of the time you're kind of a product of your environment. And I mean, I, in like the truest sense where kind of, you know what you know, and you where, don't ever kind of disregard where you come from. There's a lot of value you can learn from your surroundings and where you've come from is always, I think like we've all been put in a certain place in this world. Yeah. For a reason. Like, but definitely I feel like you need to hone in on that and just be like, yeah, this is where I'm at and just own it. Yeah. I think that people who really just own it, they come out on top of whatever it um, is. I guess that's a little motivational speech, but um, generally that's where I found it. So I'm like, okay, cool. I had this kind of epiphany and I'm like, I'm from Trinidad, so time to do exactly what I... Um, what I came back to, what I went off to do is come back technology like a better. And, uh, that's when I started Z Labs to build out a tech ecosystem and house other digital entrepreneurs in Trinidad. Um, so started that in January. And along the way, that was really to start building out this app for pay-to-pay payments. Right. And that's why that reason why it's called WAM is because that same reasoning, right? It's like, it's a colloquial term and you know, it's like what's happening. It's a, it's a story. We could say like, if this thing goes global, it's, it's rooted in our culture. Yeah. Um, and instead of like, instead of like asking, you know, WAM now what's going on? It's like more of a statement to act. Yeah. So it's like, instead of being up and questions, that's like just WAM now, like, Start doing things. Yeah. Instead of one, one now with an estimation. Instead of one now with a question mark, it's one now with an exclamation mark. That's um, that's that's dope. I mean, I'm super excited to hear people, you know, using one now um, globally as they use. I use they use Google as a as a verb now. You know. True. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'd be uh, like um, for these aspirational people. We are in some of the highest places in Google, Facebook, NASA, and um, a guy today, who's like that. Um, yeah, like other people in the school as well, Stephen Hadid, who's doing big things. Yeah. Um, so, Stephen, Stephen was on a couple of weeks ago um, talking NFTs will be back because, you know, NFTs is a big, a big topic um, globally right now. You know, um, today is actually, you know, the 25th anniversary of the release of Jay-Z's first album, Reasonable Doubt. And, you know, he, he has a one-of-one NFT being auctioned 
um, for charity. So, you know, it's kind of crazy how, how that side of the business is blowing up. Um, but, I mean, that's the side that people know about. But if you had to, you know, walk, walk somebody new through the journey, through the journey of, um, you know, getting into the crypto space and building, building in the crypto space, what, what advice would you give them? How would you tell them to get started? Um, what areas you would tell them to focus on? Um, yeah, I mean, there's multifaceted, it's a multifaceted approach because with crypto, I say this a lot, it's really like what it does is it flips the world on its head and yeah. it kind of puts you the underbelly and it's like, oh, this is actually how it works, right? Um, and being in it in the early stages, you really see like, you really see some, like how everything fits together, how market fits with community building, fits with like even design and, and development, having a great product. And um, it's really about kind of like, if you want to get into the industry, kind of think about the essence of what it is that you're offering to a product. Um, if it's marketing, think about, okay, like if I'm marketing a product, who is going to use it? Who is my market? Um, so you can just start interacting with people who use crypto, like right. just see, okay, how, talk to them, or you're into crypto, interesting, tell me more about your experience. Um, so you start building up some of your own knowledge, right, your own right. experience. Um, just let me know if the audio is good as well, because I think someone was saying I need to lift up the... Yeah, it was, it, it was dropping out a little earlier, but I'm hearing you pretty clearly now. Cool. Um, and yes, just start small, like start small and then grow, like keep going up. Don't think you're going to change your will one time, just start with that little thing um, yeah. that you can add, that you think you can add value to a certain thing. If you don't, can't find value in yourself and you don't know where it is, like just buy a little bit of crypto and then go down your rabbit hole. Yeah, put, put some skin in the game. Yeah, and, and the awesome thing about crypto is you can buy a dollar TT of crypto. You know, people are like, well, how much, how much do how I have much? to buy? 25 cents and I'll give you like, yeah. oh, it's this. It's Actually, that was a bit of my journey. Um, I mean, I've had friends who've been, you know, on me for years and years and years. You know, shout out Brad, shout out Stephen, to get involved in crypto. And, you know, in my early stages of looking at the industry, I was like, shit, you know, $5,000 for a Bitcoin, $10,000 for a Bitcoin or whatever is the case. You know, I, I don't have that. And I, because I felt like, you know, I needed to buy an entire Bitcoin to get started. So I think that is definitely a point that we need to kind of drive home with, you know, people who are interested but don't know where to start. Yeah. Like, you could literally start with a dollar TT. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just when you think about money and then you compare it to crypto, like crypto just expands it in every aspect. So crypto is also not limited to two digits, two decimal places for cents, right? Like, not the lowest denominator for regular currency, the TT dollar, US dollar, whatever it is, is um, one cent. Yeah. Whereas Bitcoin, it is divisible by 10 to the 8. So yeah. that, you know, that's point zero 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 zero. Yeah, correct. Uh, so you, you can get, like, there's 50,000 Bitcoin right now. You could buy, you know the smallest denominator of a Bitcoin that's going to be less than a cent. So yeah, you know. we still have plenty of time to, to get in uh, with our dollar. 
yeah, no, no, no excuse for not, you know, stacking them sacks, as they say. Yeah. I, I feel like now, now is a good time to kind of touch on, because we're kind of talking about um, the investment side of it. You know, I just want to advise people. This is the only advice you're going to get on this um, podcast. Never invest more than you are willing or able to lose. And I mean financially and emotionally. Because, I mean, you might be able to afford losing $100. But, you know, that might break your heart. You might never want to get back involved. So don't invest more than you can afford to lose financially and emotionally. But, I mean, one of, the, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, Mark, is because, you know, a lot of people think that the only way to participate in the crypto space is to, you know, invest their money or, or to trade or the only way to access crypto is by purchasing it. But, you know, there are options for working in the crypto space, being paid in crypto, um, you know, transacting services in crypto, you know, selling products and being paid in crypto. So, I mean, give us a little bit of your experience, you know, with the other aspects of the crypto space. Um, yeah. So, in terms of like, yeah, how you would acquire it and just make money off it and stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, people have been paid crypto for all kinds of, I mean, you name it, right? Um, yeah. You want to go like straight off the bat or what it was used in the, in the first place, like it was used for the... The pizza? Well, yeah, it was actually pizza. <laughs> um, the 10,000 10, Bitcoin pizza. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to touch on that as well because that, um, people are like, that guy spent what is now like $240 million for pizza or whatever. Yeah. That guy, and he's there thinking like, what? He's nuts. How could he have done that? You know, still two weeks, three weeks, um, three months, six months after that, that pizza was still maybe like $50, $60. But yeah. what he did was before that, nobody really had a value for, for Correct. Him. And he, he, he was the person who kind of was like, all right, this is the dollar amount for, for Bitcoin. And then from then, that's when people really started using Bitcoin for, yeah. for money. And yeah, that, 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 first, that first commercial uh, transaction would have been you know, one of the most important points in the life story of, of Bitcoin slash cryptocurrency. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and that guy, he had a lot of crypto as well and still does. <laughs> so I think, he's, yeah. uh, I think he's okay. I think he's okay. He's definitely okay. Um, and um, so that, that was, I guess, I guess, first thing really, like pizza was the first thing that they bought. And again, it's online. It's a, it, was, it was done through a forum. And then, you know, the dark web picked it up and that was its main use case for a long time. Yeah. And uh, as, as anything, a lot of people say, you know, the, the first movers in industries are the porn industry, like in terms of the, the internet, the porn yeah. industry and the gaming industry. And um, uh, I guess some, of, some illegal sides of it. So the illegal market will kind of pick up some innovation first because they don't have regulations to think of. They just have loopholes to think of. Correct. I mean, all, all they have to do is, you know, think of it and they can implement it immediately. You know, they don't have to send it to a board to be approved. They don't have to send it through Congress. You know, they could, they could you know, as fast as they could think it, they could act on it. But, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why it's so important for regulators not to you know, sit on their hands when it comes to new innovations and to get involved as, as early as possible, you know, and, and, and 
be ready to respond and you know not wait you know 10 years later where we now seeing a lot of um, central banks now looking at you know cbdc's uh, central bank mm -hmm. digital currencies and you know kind of late to the party even though you know it's still very early days still but let's talk about coding and and, and your journey you know on the coding side and you know how, how that has um, helped you build Z Labs, you know, maybe tell us a little bit if you can some of the projects that Z Labs has had the opportunity to work on, some of the things you guys have, you know, in the pipeline. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, cool. So just to kind of go back a little bit to the question you asked, which is like how do you acquire and get paid and all that stuff. Yeah, you there was like there was a product called bounties.network. I don't think it's around anymore, but they used to pay people in crypto for like cleaning up a beach or doing this random stuff. If um like sex workers are using protocols like um, uh, Spam Chain to, to be paid for like online streaming, doing shows. Oh. Some people, it's, um, then you could work for crypto. You could write articles and get paid in crypto. You could do marketing and get paid in crypto. It's kind of de facto now, it's a, it's a standard really to start, is to, to, to be paid in crypto for doing your job. Um, I mean, we see, we see NFL players, you know, asking for, you know, parts of their salary in crypto. We see um, companies paying executives and paying board members in crypto. So I think I think it's becoming more and more mainstream. Yeah, and El Salvador just made a legal tender. Correct. Uh, Visa just did a big, massive bank-to-bank -bank settlement through USDT. So if you're ever wondering about the crypto industry and its adoption, it's, it's coming and like you were saying with the CBDCs, central banks' business model, um, we were just having this conversation today, it's the central banks will become obsolete if the current way cryptocurrencies are being adopted will continue to be adopted. Right. And that is why there's a massive threat for their entire, their, the way their entire organization runs. So implementing CBDCs is a way for them to... Um, stay on top of, of innovation but also like bring compliance into the industry bring yeah. regulatory um bring it yeah regulatory structures so um yes it's definitely needed because of the massive amount of scams and fraud that are happening yeah um so there's there's a lot a lot of stuff still going on in the crypt, in the crypto industry and you know everyone from the street side vendor to the central banks are, are starting to adopt uh, blockchain technology and distributed led ledger technology. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess to move on to your next question where it's like for myself and how I operate Z Labs, um, this is where the truth serum comes in because, <laughs> you know, it's cryptocurrencies are really treated as virtual assets. I looked at a talk um, on Wednesday, I believe, about where the central bank did a live show and they were talking about the how are they treating uh, digital currencies especially cryptocurrencies uh how, how are they working on the payment infrastructure in trinidad to help innovate and they said they're researching into cbdc's and as for now cryptocurrencies are treated as virtual assets um and that's just cryptocurrencies that aren't tied to the trinidadian dollar so nothing that's saying, okay, this is like one-to-one -one, or this is like yeah. a crypto that's 
backed by a TT dollar. Like yeah, you no, dollars no stable coins. You can't do that yet. Hopefully. Right. Um, and there's ways around it, yes. So I wouldn't say like if someone is doing it, it's illegal. I would, but like there's definitely ways around it. Central bank is, is not no, um, is not familiar with these ways as yet. I don't think. So how we operate in Z Labs is I get paid in cryptocurrencies by international organizations, and that's how I've been operating since January of 2018. I haven't been paid in fiat currency since January of 2018. That is dope. And yeah, it's, it's been a wild ride because it's also a kind of a life experiment. Whereas I was like, okay, if I'm building a product in this industry, I have to know what it's like on the ground for someone who just has crypto, let's say. It's an extremity because, you know, you're, you're, it's not really how people live their lives, but if it's how people are going to live their lives, you need to kind of know like, what it's like on the ground. If, yeah. Because there are people who are trying to run from the law or who just don't want the system to know what's going on with them um, that, that live off of crypto. So that's what I've been doing. I've been working and building out products for people, crypto companies. Um, at the beginning, there was a lot of cryptocurrency applications that did a big ICO, uh, raised millions of dollars, and then needed an application built for them. I was very happy to do that because they're paying a lot more than my, <laughs> a lot more than, than my previous salary. And um, it was great because these people had these crazy wild ideas and they wanted a, a better future. Um, so that's what I was doing since 2018 and building out apps. And then I started Alice. Sure. And that was a hustle because we were trying to bootstrap in the crypto industry, which is kind of unheard of. Like there, there wasn't really any business models out there yet other than like crypto kitties and to get this pretty massive uh, leap. So the only really, the only real way to, to really move forward was to look for funding somehow. And what we did was we approached, this is wild. <laughs> There's these things called... Take a, take a sip of honey before you tell us. I, I want the full truth in this story. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty... Um, there's these things called the Central Autonomous Organization. Right. DAOs. DAOs, yeah. Yeah. I believe it's the future. I believe the future, like the cellular structure of the future society, is well-organized in like institutions of people, Right. And that, that to me stretches all the way up to like governments, right? What if we had no head of government? Facts. And um, these, there's this company called Dowstack who we've still been working with, um, been working with for a while and um, just wrapped up a project with them last year. But how we started off in the industry, our first cent from anything was by a decentralized organization that had no head they just had funding and then they had to come to a democratic decision on where to allocate funds. So what happens in these decentralized organizations is kind of like a Facebook group. Someone makes <laughs> and says, hey, um, I'd like to propose that this and gets funding. But what's attached to that post is like the potential. If everyone votes yes on this proposal, that the money straight from the funds in the organization will go to that proposer's uh, right. account, their cryptocurrency account. 
So I submitted my proposal to this decentralized organization. And there was no like one person who had to make the decision higher up. It was a, a decision made by a group of people yeah. to, to fund this application. And that was how we made our first bit of crypto money with Alice is like just true to home. That is wild. That is dope. Yeah. Um, I mean, was- I mean, and, and that is such, that is such a powerful um, story that, you know, kind of really adds value to, to the concept of, of DAOs, to decentralized autonomous organizations, because, you know, we hear about all these, um, what seem to be, you know, pie in the sky ideas of how um, communities and cultures and countries and organizations could possibly be run and whether or not that is actually something that is, you know, doable, especially, you know, based in like the Caribbean where we've been used to the traditional environment for so long. So to actually hear from someone who has, you know, participated in something that has operated in that way that has, you know, lent itself to success, that is actually tremendous. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? It's all transparent. It's all on the blockchain. It's facts. So I'll share the link and I'll show it. (laughs) For sure, please. <laughs> please. Yeah, I will, I will. I'll put it in my link in my bio. I'll, talk I'll put it in there. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's one of the things like, like that I absolutely love about crypto. Like everything is on the blockchain. Um, you know, you could go back and track every single thing. So, you know, even, even for those who have concerns about the nefarious uh, transactions that can be, you know, carried out on the blockchain, like, you know, Recently, just to kind of sidebar is there was a lot of talk about, you know, um, the hackers of that pipeline being paid in crypto and, you know, they were able to recover the crypto. But, and everybody's seeing that as a negative in the space. But if they, if that ransom was paid in cash, they would never find it. It's, it's because it's, it was paid in crypto. It's because it's on the blockchain. It's because it could be tracked why they were able to recover it. So, you know, that, that's a plug for crypto. That's a plug for blockchain. I don't see it as a negative at all. Exactly. Um, fraud happens in every payment protocol. In Swift, I mean, central banks, like central banks facilitate fraud. People, people have to know this. There's a lot of companies in international. Listen, listen. I was, like I was explaining to someone recently that if, if fines paid by banks what, um, in the last three years was a cryptocurrency, it would be the third largest cryptocurrency in the market. Like they have paid billions of dollars just in fines for, for you know, money, la- money laundering, KYC, you know, not being compliant with regulations. So this idea that cryptocurrency or, or blockchain has somehow introduced um, money laundering into our economy is is crazy like you know they estimate two trillion dollars worth of money is laundered a year you know or or more and that's that's larger than the entire market cap of the crypto market so i mean it's being laundered in banks so what (laughs) what what are we really talking about and that seems kind of as well right from the protocol uh from the protocol side like people manipulating the system and what's epic about blockchain technology is people cannot manipulate the system. They 
they can't change the fact that one money is in this account and then oh, it disappeared to this one. No, it's, right. it's immutable, as they call it. It's unchangeable. Yeah, nobody can delete the records. Yeah. And, 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 maybe, and maybe that's the real reason that it's not being adopted in a, in a significant way because people have not found a way to uh, continue to carry out their, their structured nefarious transactions um, using cryptocurrency. But that's a different conversation for a different day, for a different type of cognac, and we're going to really <laughs> get down into that. <laughs> but I mean, I, I know you have you know, tons of experience being in the space for as long as you've been um, both on the investing side, building projects. Um, what advice would you give to people or people who usually approach you knowing that you're in the space? What are some of the questions that you get you know, most often? Yeah, I mean, it's a slew of, of questions. I would say like, how's the pull off the on the top of my head, some of the ones that I constantly get over and over again is, do I have to buy a whole Bitcoin? We've answered this already. Like, no, you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. Again, it's like Bitcoin is divisible by 10 to the 8. You could buy, as Jarian Tanks like, put out there, you can buy 100 million of a Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, so it's still, you can buy less than a cent of, of Bitcoin. Um, the other thing is like, but you know, how are we going to use, use this thing to, for payments? Uh, when it's so volatile and what what like the answer to that is that um, the cryptocurrencies now that they have out there um, they have a lot of stable coins and a lot of them are USD pegged stable coins yeah. that like one crypto is worth one US dollar yeah. and um, so a lot of people don't know that there's even stable coins out there. Um, the the environmentally friendly aspect. So, so when the NFT boom happened, then a lot of artists came out and were pulling back and saying, um, especially after the Elon tweet, right? It's not environmentally sustainable. And I just want to say, like in every industry. You know, there are their faults in the early days, as with crypto. I mean, there's a whole slew of them. It's unregulated. There's, you know, people that can scam you. So just watch out for that. That's yeah. well, um, and get crypto advice from people who are trusted in communities. Um, and uh, again, invest only as much as you can afford to lose. Uh, but the, the environmental aspect is that yeah, we are innovating and cryptocurrencies are very soon and already environmentally sustainable. There's um, a whole slew of protocols that are proof of stake, which is a new census uh, algorithm. It's a new way of verifying blockchains um, that are coming out. That's, that verifying a blockchain is, was insanely expensive for yeah. the environment. And um, now it's turning into a lot of blockchains, including Ethereum, are uh, moving to proof of stake. And um, Jarian says, how environmentally sustainable is the creation and management of cash, I wonder. Well, I, I mean, I mean when, when, you listen, when you listen to guys like, you know, Michael Saylor and Dave, who, who are way better at, um, you know, explaining 
this issue of you know the environmental effects of bitcoin and, and the cryptocurrency industry than i am you know you hear them talk about the fact that bitcoin might be the most efficient use of energy that we've ever created because we've been using energy to create things you know and, and nobody has talked about you know how much money is used in the process of you know creating cash as jarian showed in you know powering the internet and that has never been a question um you know one thing i've always come across is that and i find you know really interesting is that crypto and crypto mining on bitcoin mining which is the the issue that most people have with bitcoin is the mining aspect of it and how much energy it uses is that bitcoin seems to be seeking out the most affordable and the greenest um option for energy consumption and unlike for example gold mining you can do bitcoin mining anywhere so whereas you know in mining gold you have to go to where the gold is there is no such restriction on bitcoin mining so you know we see a lot of people moving to el salvador who have recently um made bitcoin legal tender and they are now you know accepting offers for people to come in and um do mining using their renewable energy source of their volcano so you know um i think for those who have concerns i always say just do your research you know stop stop looking at what you know a, a 140 character tweet says you know just just google just google it right google it for now get your crypto and then warm now it you know when the time comes I see Karen Karen has a question here. Are there any crypto CEOs whose movements you admire whether it be their innovation or marketing etc. I think that question is for you. Um let me sit on that because yeah <laughs> definitely there's a lot and uh, I just want to I really want to highlight some good ones out there because yeah there's some guys that there's some guys behind the scenes you know like that are just building community and sharing information you know there's um but to stick to the CEO thing Brian Armstrong man like Coinbase CEO yeah huge what he's done because like the knowledge sharing and the amount of times he's written and blogged about what he's done and he's risen to the top of Silicon Valley with a with a, a cryptocurrency company and um like documented it all throughout the way and still does document it and shares amazing resources and does courses and everything so right now like, like that's that's one of the crazy things that i found in crypto in terms of how accessible you know people who are major players in the industry are um like it, like you said you know Brian who continues to write um Brad just said um uh, SBF of um FTT FTX um exchange okay he's a monster um, he's a i mean rap uh, rap who you know is is a big commentator on the macroeconomic position of uh, bitcoin like the first time i tweeted to him well not the first time i tweeted to him but the first time he responded to a tweet of mine i i kind of almost lost my mind i was a super um bitcoin uh, crypto nerd in that moment but the fact that you know you could just tweet to these guys who have half a million followers a million followers you know run billion dollar organizations and they they respond to you and you can have access to these guys 
is is unheard of in any other industry. Yeah. That brings me to that brings to mind as well like a guy who from like from very early on has been like and very humbling to me like a fan of my work and also a really great mentor and just gives time like this guy is he's meeting with me on Saturdays and Sundays you know like I I hold precious my Saturdays and Sundays yeah. but he Roham Gargonzola I think I, I his name is hard to pronounce it uh, the back end but um the CEO of Dapper Labs um right. he, they also launched Flow blockchain they created CryptoKitties they also get top shot um you know they they broke ethereum in the early days they were the reason why like proof of work blockchains were uh, put in the spotlight as insanely inefficient protocols and the, one of the reasons why that was brought to mind is because Roham sent his software engineers like he has a great culture internally in his organization so he sends his software engineers to hackathons so that they can just like enter in competitions and and innovate and implement and yeah they created crypto kitties at a hackathon and that went viral and that just clogged up and congested the ethereum network yeah um and then but that put ethereum on the map that like introduced everyone to what metamask is metamask is a if you don't have metamask it's a really good way of interacting with um ethereum well yeah web3 web3 web apps like they call them decentralized app or dapps um a good way to kind of like if you do stumble upon an ethereum app you if you have metamask you're pretty much sorted to interact with it minus the fact that you need ethereum uh if you need ethereum check jarian <laughs> uh, i mean if i mean you could you could you could operate on the binance smart chain yeah. or you know you could operate on matic protocol i mean there are a few um layer 2 um options yeah that that interface with metamask now so yeah yeah exactly definitely um, cheaper options for sure like polygon is doing some like polygonmatic okay yeah, correct and these are all like biased opinions just from my experiences sounds <laughs> out there um and uh, yeah roham has like throughout the journey has given his time to me to advise and now he sits on top of billion dollar organization funded by A16Z and Google Ventures and you name it and is yeah. interacting with like is dropping UFC did like launch NBA Top Shot yeah they, Top Shot is huge yeah they've like they have a slew they Dr Seuss is launching stuff for them it's like they are paving ways in ways that we can't imagine and it's a proof of stake blockchain which is good for the environment so um that guy and the culture is created also big up next alum who works at Apple Labs and other Trinidadian um Yeah so CEOs that I admire definitely those two there's a slew more like big shout out to Vitalik who doesn't call himself the CEO he's not the CEO head of research at Ethereum but that guy like if there's a head of a decentralized protocol if there's ever to be a, a figure or like a, a a head person for a decentralized protocol it's that guy you know yeah. he, and, and he's he's so unassuming like if you if you pass him in the mall you would never you would never realize you know how how brilliant he is one and you know how how wealthy he is at this point and yeah um, and and how, i mean and what he's built you know ethereum, Dude, ethereum like, is is going to be a giant i mean 
He wears like Hello Kitty watches. <laughs> I've been on stage with him, like dancing in the background while while he raps. Uh, it's just insane. <laughs> it sounds it sounds it sounds like uh, Vitalik is definitely a Kenyan drinker. For sure. That that Henny have a glowing boy. That Henny hitting me real hard right now. <laughs> All right, so. What else? What else? What else do you have to share? Guys, um, make sure to send your questions. If you have questions, um, anybody who wants to you know, jump on and ask a, Mark a question um, live, feel free to call in. We have a few minutes that we could accept you before Mark gets completely lit because I know he's probably recovering from a hangover from yesterday. Right? Um, for, we're going we're gonna to say it for those who weren't here earlier. Yesterday was Mark's birthday. He's, you know, only 21. He he has achieved a lot in his 21 years. I'm 30. Uh, 20, <laughs> um, happy birthday to Maria Elena Navarro. So, fun fact is that your friend and I share the same birthday. Oh, that is kind of nerdy and amazing. Like, that is... People say it's amazing to be nice. You know, some people want to spend their birthday just like chilling out, relaxing, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm joking. So, I love having my birthday. <laughs> so, so do you all even swap, swap, do you all even swap gifts? Like, how, how much, how much Ethereum did you give her for her birthday? I didn't give her any Ethereum for her birthday, but um, I, we, I managed her investments, I would say, pretty well. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm sure she got some Mark coin yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I was operating a full Mark coin actually yesterday. Um, it was in the remote areas of of Paramin in Trinidad. Oh, you always you always need to look out. Need to look out. Um, what do you call it? Um, yeah, we actually look out. Nice. I look out was um. It's gonna be interesting to see how, how it plays out, but it's actually they've done it pretty well. Um, yeah, minus a few engineering things that survive, but a nice area. There we go. All right, jumping back into the questions, I see Karen asking, "What is a good place to start learning blockchain development?" A uh, good place to start learning blockchain development. Consensus has some pretty good courses. Um, how, how how do you feel about um, Ivan on Tech Academy? Good in the early is kind of chilly and black. Okay, so it's, it's more for beginners. Even Ivan on Tech. Yeah, Ivan on Tech. Um, no, like yeah, definitely go through his early videos, but now he's gotten kind of chilly. Like he just put across. No, but he he has he has like a an academy where you can learn um, blockchain coding and that kind of thing. All right. Are you are you familiar with it? Would you recommend it? I don't know it. Um, I don't know if he did Ethereum or not. I'm like a real Ethereum maximalist. Right. Um, not maximalist. Build on other protocols and stuff. But um, I think Ethereum's a good. Ethereum's kind of like JavaScript, if you want to call it yeah. that, because um, I think JavaScript Every... is a good approachable language. Reason why I also think that JavaScript is a good program because they so much if you want to learn a program, definitely start with that. That's also a bad thing. 
Mark, uh, your, your mic. I think your mic, your, your mic dipping again. All right. Uh, yeah. I see Paige. I see Paige asking, um, where are the communities for beginners in this space? Paige, you're you're here. Yeah. The, the, this this is one of those communities. I mean, how many people starting off in crypto get to talk to uh, Mark Pereira? I mean, you're talking to the the co-founder of Z Labs and Wham Now. What more you want? Exactly. Paige. We're a beginning organization, and we are like starting off from day dot so join on the journey jump on board the community like there's this is not going to be the first one there's not going to be the last one with me and illuminati like For just sure. just the vibe alone that's coming from you like honestly like just want to say hats off for doing this um like there's there's a unique flavor to Trinidad, the trinidadian crypto scene um each country has its own unique flavor and I'm loving the flavor of the Trinidadian ecosystem, um, especially the cognac. And the like, yeah, you know, I, you know, Trinidad's no lime dry mouth. We can't have a conversation without having a drink, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was just talking to the guy, um, this guy, uh, Nick, who, who launched Double Swap, yeah, and Nicholas yeah, with the, with the China token. And you know, he's just He's like, okay, well, you know, I can invest in crypto or I can build my own crypto. And he's in it for the, for the fun of it. You know, like, obviously, there's money to be made, but yeah, pushing this thing. Nick, Nick, Nick is actually um, supposed to be on in a couple of weeks. Um, nice. You know, they, they, they're very close to launching. So he, he has a lot of work um, rolling out with that. Um, that is a project, you know, I'm very excited about uh, and I want to see do well. I think it's going to be important for the Trinidad ecosystem and you know the Caribbean ecosystem to have something of that scale um, be successful. So you know I'm I'm right there with him. I'm going to jump into what I think is a, 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 a insightful question. I'm not going to say that it was um, staged, but tell us a little bit about Z Z Labs um, coding courses. Because I did not know that exists, and I'm very excited to hear about that. Yeah. Um, cool. So, if Jamuel is listening right now, big up because Jem is a graphic designer and also did some like WordPress websites and stuff. And he's constantly been interested in me, like teaching him how to program. And it's obviously something I'm carving out and I'm trying to get to. But the other day, Jem was like, all right, Mark. Just teach me how to like build a website and launch it real quick. So I was like, all right, cool. Jump on a call with me. Like we have an hour to, to, to spare. And I walked him through it, like while explaining everything to him and showing him, showing him how it's done. And then half an hour later, his website was online. Right. Um, so I, was I, feel like, I, make, I feel I had to make a call. Was that? I feel like I had to jump on a call with you. <laughs> well, so then me and Jem were like, so while... I kept saying I want to keep, I want to do a coding course. Um, I didn't think it was that easy. I just thought of all the stress I had to go through to like, because I've done these before and it's a lot of work setting people's computers up and like, like you know, physical space is hard. So in a virtual environment, it's even harder. Yeah. Like, Let me carve out two hours of my time and have people come into this space and just like download a little boilerplate a little bit of code that just sets up a template for you to build a website 
Um, and just like to know, it's not like if this is for people who want to learn how to code, not right. someone who wants a website out of the box. Right. It's like it's just like I said, start small, and then um, and then you'll keep like just learning more and gravitating. So, so me and um, Jem did this thing, and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm gonna do a, a coding course where people can launch a website in two hours. So that's, that's one that's crazy. That's one thing, and then there's like the same reason, same way I got in the industry. I started with a bootcamp, um, so we're, we're designing out a bootcamp that we hope to implement in the next year. That uh, my mission is twenty to hundred software developers coming out of Z Labs in the next five years, and um, I think bootcamps are definitely way to to do it, and getting like senior software developers from places like Facebook, uh, Google, Airbnb, people who want to give back to Trinidad, give back some of their like software development skills. It's six yeah. months of your life that can have an insane impact on the um, development of the talent of youth in Trinidad, not, a, not, not only youth, like adults to, to kids. Um, so that we could just really like build towards a technocratic future. That's, that's the way we're going to get out of this whole at least from my eyes. So um, that's the next, the next kind of coding course that's coming out of Z Labs. Right. Okay. So guys, I see, I, um, I see a question from Daniel, and I'm seeing a lot of questions in the um, chat as well, in terms of you know how does one get involved in crypto exchange recommendations, local banks, etc. Um, so next week on crypto and cognac, I think. Um, I think I'll do an introductory session to, to get in, involved. Um, I'm going to, because I had, I had my guests for next week um, have to postpone. So what I'll do, I'll actually do a call, have a couple of people call in, and we're going to walk through the process of you know, setting up your exchange, and we're going to go through the whole process of getting started, you know, buying your first cryptocurrency, right? So... Um, show up next week and ask the questions, call in, and we'll get that done, right? Um, let me see. Uh, Mika says, would you do a beginner's course for those who want help with setting up a wallet and what's next? Okay, yes. So that's what we just um, discussed um, next week. We will, I will definitely do that because I realize every week we have that question. Um, what I've tried not to do is get too much involved in recommending specific um, exchanges uh, because, you know, I want people to have options and I don't want to, you know, talk specific tokens. I mean, when we talk about like Ethereum, we're talking about, you know, protocols and platforms and blockchains, not necessarily the tokens associated with them because this is not a financial advice podcast, right? For all the central bank officials listening, we are not giving financial advice, right? But next week, we're going to walk people through um, the setting up process. So show up, be early, walk with your pen and paper, um, because it does involve some pen and paper, right? Even though it's techie, you need your pen and your paper. So yeah, Mark, back to you. We have a few minutes. Um, so tell me some of that as well um, to yeah. help out. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, Mark is going to be here. He's going to help you guys. Um, Jarian is all. List as well. Well, for those of you who may not have, you know, credit cards or have access to banks who um, are a bit adversarial, Jarian is the guy to, you know, help you cross that bridge from the filthy fiat world into the crypto magic land. <laughs> no, they got as, as, say, stuff. As, as you say that, though, you have been operating strictly crypto since 2018. How has that been? Yeah, and I would say like strictly crypto because that's what my income is. Um, mm -hmm. So real cool facts. And why I love Australia, it's hard to leave Australia. Very hard to leave Australia. Um, <laughs> it's a beautiful place, amazing innovation, just like the beaches. Big spiders. Yeah, I didn't even see poisonous animals or spiders, whatever. Um, I didn't even see a shark. I never saw a shark once. And uh, I mean, you would have probably eaten it. You know, all the Chinese, them sharks hiding out. <laughs> Yeah, Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy! Big up, Gabby. Um, and um, that's what the Ozzy says. Yeah, that's what they yell all the time. So yeah, basically, I've been been being paid in crypto since yeah January two thousand eighteen. But what's cool about Australia is um, the only credit card or bank account I have is an is an Australian bank account. No, I, I got a Trinidadian bank account six months ago. Um, but what I can do, and I actually did it today, which is really cool. Um, I can send crypto to a protocol called RelayPay.io. Amazing protocol. Big up, big up Charlie who's building it. Um, and I can just send crypto to this protocol. And I'm not joking, like within five to ten minutes, crypto, the, the amount of crypto I spent is converted into fiat and sent to my bank account. Wow. Five to ten minutes. Like that wow. is heard of globally. That's Listen, that's, that's insane. The other day I tried to um, send some, do an online transfer from my bank account here in Trinidad to my brother's bank account, which is another bank in Trinidad. It, it took seven days. It sent, took seven days to send TT from Trinidad to Trinidad. I mean, if I knew it was going to take that long, I would, have, I would have just walked and done it myself. You know, and, and, and then the banks wonder, you know, why... They are becoming obsolete. Yeah, we can get into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need more drinks for that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, so so you've been able to easily convert your crypto um, to fiat to be able to you know purchase things in in the real world because you know the real world doesn't quite accept um, crypto. Um, even though you know everything I do, every what any kind of business that I do, I the first question I ask is, you know, will you accept crypto? Yeah. Okay. You know. Cool. Yeah, I mean, recently, so I I recently did a um, some cover art for this podcast, and you know, I asked the guy who I met online, you know, would you accept crypto? And he was like, yeah. And I'm like, you know, send me your wallet address. I'll pay you the down payment. No. In a minute, you know, I send that money and he started working on my artwork. You know, I found it super dope. That's so, the future. And that's how that's, we get adoption. 
And Correct. that's the online economy right there, right there. Like, that's the way that we're going to... People are... This is a kind of a segment, but the online economy is the next... I, I'm putting a pin on it and I'm just kind of saying like, okay, yeah, the online economy is the next gold rush. That's the next oil boom. Um, yeah. People are talking a lot about the... Um, people are talking a lot about the metaverse, right? And what's amazing about the metaverse is that it's a global um, geography, if you want to call it that. There's no geopolitics. There's no UNCPNM, right? There's like, it's an open protocol. There's people sharing their ideas. It's, there's, there's land in virtual reality environments. Halle- hallelujah, preach it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let me jump into the phone. Yo, it's crazy. Like, oh, it's crazy. I mean, I, I, was, I was talking about um, Jay-Z's NFT of the reason of the doubt um, artwork. And that is being, um, it's been auctioned by Sotheby's, you know, which is a globally recognized auction house. But it's, that piece of art is going to be hosted in Sotheby's virtual um, museum on Decentraland. So, so, you know, that people feel like, you know, th- that, that experience is, you know, two years out, five years out, but like it exists right now. Like, you know, for, not to age myself too much, but you know, I, I have a 14 year old daughter and her and her friends, especially since COVID, they do everything online right now. You know, they have their lines virtually you know, they play video games together virtually. They, like the same way we would sit and line with our partners, you know, in high school. That's what they are doing now virtually, you know. So, so that, that ecosystem of the digital environment already exists. And for these kids who already experience in socialization in the digital environment, a lot of the things that they're going to experience are going to be in that digital environment. So then what do they need cash for? They, they need digital currency to be able to access um, the things that they want to represent themselves as in that digital environment. Their avatars, instead of you know going out and buying a Louis Vuitton t-shirt, they're going to probably spend the same money on a Louis Vuitton digital wearable for their avatar because that's where they really live in. So, for sure, I mean, me, I've been getting a lot of people on to like uh, big up my brother Alan, who just jumped in. He's an expert at play real games, you know, and I'm sure you could see the value, like what, the value in what you're, you're talking about. Where, um, if you need something in a game, there's things like time sensitivity, there's all, all these, like you need to upgrade on a gun or whatever it is. You, Correct. You're gonna pay for that in some sort of cash now, and Fortnite Listen. is a big dollar in the street. One of my friends, one of my friends had her, um, her nephew use her credit card about 10 different times, you know, to, to pay for some stuff in a game. You know, you see on the news all the time, you know, kids taking their parents' um, credit cards and buying games, you know. Um, and and, it's, and, and it's, it's a real thing. Like, they really live in these worlds. Like, my, my youngest brother plays a lot of, you know, NBA 2K and these sports games. And he's, you know, spending virtual currency to get tattoos for his his player that he created, you know. And now NBA 2K has, like, you know, the entry walk-in 
of the players. And, you know, your player had to be fly walking into the arena to play. So, you know, you have to get clothes for them. So this is, like, this is happening right now. And I think that's why you see the gaming world adopting crypto at a pace, unlike, you know, some of the other worlds. Because they already understand that space of digital, that digital ecosystem. They already know what that digital, the value in that digital economy. For sure. You know, funny story, it probably is kind of slightly unrelated, uh, but also related. Um, I was, I have a Nintendo Switch in my co-work in, in Z Labs. And uh, one of the youths there, like young boy, five years old, he'd come in and ask me every day, hey, can I, can I use the um, Switch? Yeah, sure, no problems. Make sure I clean it when you come, when you put it back over. One day I catch this man uh, playing Fortnite and... Uh, I, I got an email that says $100 charge on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I just see him play and I, I look over. But tell me, this man just charged $100 on my account. I mean, and then I went over, I said, what are you doing there? And he's just like, oh God, you catch me. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot of money being spent in, in these games, um, you know, behind people's yeah, backs. Is and, a, <laughs> and, yeah, the metaverse is, is very real. And, and, you know, that generation is going to want to, they're not going to want to earn fiat to then convert it um, to digital currency to then be able to access, you know, the things they want in the digital ecosystem when they could just, you know, be paid in that digital currency. Um, so I think, I think gaming is going to be a big, big uh, player in growing the ecosystem of um, cryptocurrency and virtual currency, as the case may be. Yeah. Yeah, as we say, like gaming. Gaming is pushing um, a lot of the metaverse narrative now, especially yeah. Fortnite. Um, yeah. And... Uh, like people talk a lot about what Travis Scott did in Fortnite with that concert yeah. that he had, and that whole experience and what it was like. And again, like you're gonna want to jump into these Fortnite environments, stepping out in your in your best. And um, correct one one interesting, very interesting product that's coming out right now is called Genies, and um, another product invested by Dapper Labs, but started by a guy called Akash Nigam, um, another Sanf, uh, Silicon Valley guy. I think his parents from India. And um, they're basically digital avatars. And he started by bootstrapping this thing by kind of doing like uh, avatar campaigns with cel celebrities, as you do. Right. Um, and he's gotten Rihanna on board. He's gotten Cardi B on board. He's gotten... It's over. It's over. Yeah. Justin Bieber like, to do a launch for his album on it. And um, what they're selling is also branded digital, um, branded digital items and assets. So Gucci is yeah. doing a drop on it. Um, they're also selling their own merchandise. Yeah. So if you think about like Memojis or Bitmojis in Snapchat, you can deck them out, put a custom shirt on it. If the only way to put a custom um to put a custom, yeah, Quavo, all these people, uh, to put put a custom, like, shoe or shirt is to buy an NFT with it. Yeah. 
that's um that's gonna be the next economy how do you step it, out in the digital realm correct because i mean when you think about it like the, the same reason why you would buy a gucci a gucci shirt to wear you know to 51 degrees if the world ever opens <laughs> um it's the same reason you would buy you know a digital wearable similar for your avatar yeah. because i mean people say but why why that makes sense I mean, wh why does it make sense to spend eight hundred US dollars on a T-shirt? Because exactly. we want it. That that's hu as human beings, you know, we like to represent ourselves in a particular way in terms of how we look and that kind of thing. That's a big part of who we are as um, a species, you yeah. know. And where where when we start to interact more and more with the digital world, then we're gonna wanna express ourselves. And for our avatars to be representative of us in that space, you know, it may be more important to represent yourself in that digital space than it is to represent yourself in the physical world. In the physical world, you might wear you might wear a Rattan's t-shirt every day, but yeah, your avatar who who might you know bounce up on Rihanna's avatar want to make sure that you know what he looking the right way because that is a global space. You know, I want to touch on a few things you said there because that just brought into like so much insights. So number one, the, so many people who spend the most time online are developers, right? Software developers, and they love avatars. If you like, I always say the smarter the developer is, the more homeless he looks. <laughs> right? I don't even joke yet. You could look at like... Vitalik. Well, Vitalik, he, he's a, kind of in a league of his own. But he, in, in a sense, he still just wears a T-shirt and jeans. Yeah. And then that, like, Hello Kitty, what, Hello probably $20. <laughs> and then, he, I ain't gonna lie, I, I don't know if it's like a Dora backpack or whatever it is. He's rocking, <laughs> you know? Um, but another guy who works for Cardano, like, you look at this guy and you be like, if you saw him on his streets and he came up to your car and, you know, he was knocking on your window, you'd be like, hey, sorry, but I'll meet me next time. But um, the, the, the next thing, too, is that we spend a lot of time on, like, the internet. Go and look yeah. at the amount of time that you spend on your phone. Social media, Facebook, IG, Twitter, already. Yeah. Exactly. Another part of it is, is self-expressionism. And a lot of people don't like the idea of seeing, like, I'm going to buy things on, uh, uh, online to represent who I am and all this stuff. But again, into the kind of geopolitic, um, kind of like bridging borders and um, also like kind of like removing some sort of like prejudices that we could have in the physical realm. You can have a blue avatar with yeah. a funky Fox. crazy hair. And um, that's how you can represent your, yourself on this new global economy which is really designed a lot of people are moving into these 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 digital realms and trying to just distill away all of the prejudice nuances and just kind of like have a good conversation it doesn't matter who it is on the other end of it um you know let's just interact as who we are in the present right then and now experiencing yeah. this this protocol or app or game or whatever it is and just um, use it in the way that we know how, the best we know how. And um, yeah. then represent yourself in a, in a completely unique way as well. Just create. Um, yeah, I mean, because, I mean, we see now, you know, a lot of people, 
don't don't mentally you know um they feel like their physical appearance does not represent who they are in their in the true essence of who they are mm. and i think you know the digital world will allow for and avatars will allow for people to you know truly represent themselves the way that they see themselves and i think that's going to be a beautiful thing you know for sure you have us already player one i mean how i mean how many times how many times i've seen it i mean <laughs> I, I love, I love, I love Ready Player One. I mean, I've watched it maybe. I, I literally watched. It. There was a, a marathon on once, and I literally watched it three times back to back. It's yeah. one of my all-time favorite movies. Page, yeah. you keep saying, you keep saying now nah to these, di- to all these discussions about digital space. But trust me, when you get into it, it's it's. It's realer than the physical world in some in some aspects. You know, you can really have a true, true experience in that space because there is so there's a lot of pretense, but there's also a lot of truth. You know, in in those spaces, the same way you know people feel confident to you know slide in somebody DM who they would never approach face to face. Sorry about that. It's the same way, you know, people tend to express themselves in that digital space. But Mark, I mean, I would love to have you back uh, and we could probably have a whole conversation about that digital space, a whole conversation about um, that digital economy, the metaverse, you know, we could talk a bit about Decentraland, Somnium space, you know, all the different uh, protocols, all the different um, decentralized digital environments. I want to really thank you for coming on with me tonight, sharing your knowledge, sharing your story, um, sharing your journey. I mean, it's it's kind of blown. From you, touching base with you more. And, you know, continuing to grow this community. Um, guy, I see a lot of people requesting more time. Um, we're going to work on that. We're going to work on that because, yes, we understand that there is um, a lot more information that people are looking for. But we will have, you know, more and more opportunities to share those um, stories, to share those experiences. Look out for next week. We're going to talk about onboarding. We're going to walk you guys through the process. Come with your questions. Um, get ready to call in. Um, you guys could... Check out Crypto Caribbean's IG page. We actually have a contest on right now where you could win yourself a free NFT for you and your friend. Um, so check that out. It's Crypto underscore Caribbean. Mark, I want to thank you again for joining me. Um, look forward to our next conversation. Guys, continue to grow in crypto. Be great. Free bags. Yeah, man. Everyone have a blessed night. Wait, wait, wait. Go ahead, Mark. Pages, she says we need human interaction. And um, I, I think that's a massive important thing to leave with is that we all need this thing called human interaction. There's nothing that could replace that kind of serotonin release when you interact with a human. Um, but it's really about when we are interacting with a digital space, how can we make 
the most out of this experience. And Facts. it's about concentrating the um, the value that we get out of it. Because right now it's 2D, right? You know, it's just yeah, like video, for sure, whatever. For sure. When you when you come onto a platform and that 2D, like, and this is from Stephen Hadid, right? Um, that 2D could become a 3D environment and you're interacting with things. And again, having a great experience and taking it with you um, into the physical and just being like, all right, cool, my values is done with the digital space. We always need to disconnect. I 100% agree. But while we're in these digital spaces, let's get in there, like just extract as much value as we can, step out and then go and enjoy life. So couldn't agree more. Facts, facts. Free game, guys. Free bags. <laughs> Z Labs on IG, yes, definitely. Z Labs is on IG. Z Labs yeah. is on Twitter. Follow them. Plug plug your socials. Um, back. Definitely. Um, Z Labs, Z underscore Labs on IG, and I think Twitter as well. Wham now, Wham underscore now. That's the payments app we're dropping in TNT. That's what we are so. I love that name, Wham now. Us, I love it. Wham, Wham then. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Like, yeah, and then also Mark Perer with Mark, like Mark Perer, not with the eight, yeah. yeah, just because that's not available ever. <laughs> <laughs> Too many of you all out there, yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot of Brazilians and Portuguese out there, so um, Illuminati, yeah, I gotta have you on, um, I gotta have you on the other end sitting and talking. Um, and me asking you questions, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I look forward to the opportunity, man. Um, guys, blessings. Thank you for joining another Crypto and Cognac. The after party is in Decentraland. Um, Mark has a Z Labs club there. I feel like Z, Z would be a dope name for a club. I feel like we should, we should look to buy some land on Decentraland and start a, Start a club. <laughs> Darian always reminds me that Z Labs was previously a club called like Fuego or something like that. So, and we have a bar and it's full with liquor. So, um, we'll be having a speakeasy night where you pay for your drinks in crypto. Facts. So, let's look out for that. So, um, yeah. So, so, show up next week to find out how to access your crypto so that you can, you can come to the bar. And you know, be able to buy a drink. I mean, Paige, do expect everybody just buy drinks for you, right? So show up next week. <laughs> we talking onboarding. We talking. We walking through the process. I expect Pages to call. I expect Felicia to call because they've been asking questions. I see Daniel. Daniel, I expect you to be calling in as well, right? So guys, have a blessed one. Thanks for coming. Crypto and cognac. We out. Cheers. That was a vibe. Cheers, man. <laughs> <laughs>